What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, and an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts of the host trifecta here uh, today. I'll come your way first. Joining me, Miss Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank Wonderful. you. Wonderful. The sun is shining. The rain it is. Has it's gone. rainy, but warm, and then cold, and yeah. then it's just totally Virginia out there. I get excited, though, when the sun shines. Yeah. It, just, it helps lift the mood. I posted a poll in the Fellowship Family Facebook group today uh, on what people's thoughts are towards winter. Did either of you take it yet? Probably not, the way the no. way Francis is looking at me. Basically, I wanted to see who loves winter and who's just like holding their breath till Basically, spring. Basically, I want to see who gets on social media. Basically, whenever I get bored enough, I post a poll in okay. there. It's fun. You get to see what people are like. You've heard him already. He's with us, Mark Francis. Mark, hey. you're such a servant, dude. Really? Yeah, the fact that you're wow. here. Wow. Uh, Mark Carey, yeah. his schedule was delayed today. So uh, in good sermon spotlight fashion, when things go wrong, I just text Mark Francis. I'm here. And he's here. Boom. Like that. Uh, it's not so, always it's not always the case that I'm here, but I am happy to serve. Yeah. yeah. It's Thankfully, good. he was we're, in the building. We are happy to let you serve. Awesome. I, I, I promise that. Guys, let's jump into a Sunday in review. Alicia, I'm going to come your way first. Uh, I was in the pulpit two Sundays ago, and I had a nice little neatly packed seven verses. I got to unpack one layer at a Jeez. time. And then Mark uh, had basically two whole chapters of the book of Acts. I will put my Mark, my, my Mark Carey hat on yeah, right yeah. now. I just don't know why I do this to myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I schedule it yeah, out yeah. and I look at it. It's and exactly just, what he'd say. I'm, it's what he's I thinking right now. I can't pack it all in, people. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, you know, we had this, he and I had this conversation mm -hmm. about a week ago when he was complaining about this passage. <laughs> and I looked at him yeah. and said, Mark, you know, you did it's, it to yourself. Yeah. Well, it's a residual like, effect. Yes. I think, I think it's, in talking with Tim and I and making sure everybody's got what they're prepared, you know, he took on the blunt of this story. It's Stephen's story. But the passage is, is it's, you, you can't break it up. Right. It right. speaks for itself. You have to begin the story. You have to get through the, the mm -hmm. passage and the sermon that Stephen gave, and you have to end the story. Mm -hmm. it, it just, so sorry, Alicia, yeah, I'm so it's, interrupting your breakdown, but no, I put my Mark Carey hat on for a second. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's significant. It's like three and a half pages in my mm -hmm. Bible. Mm -hmm. and, and then Mark did a beautiful job reading mm -hmm. Stephen's message. It was just beautiful. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're talking from Acts 6, starting in verse 8, all the way through 7, verse 60. And actually, we went into chapter 8 mm -hmm. a little bit too. So yeah, it was very good. And um, I love the theme is continuing the triumph of the gospel. And so this passage here continues to herald the gospel. Mm -hmm. And um, we ha we see these um, these accusers who are um, claiming that Stephen is blaspheming God, that he's speaking against the temple and he's speaking against the law. And it, really, though, um, they're blaspheming him. And in, in, in his defense, I, his speech is not what I would expect to happen. But it's pretty brilliant because you're kind of looking at it, it's like, okay, why is he responding with just giving us this big history lesson, <laughs> you know, but, but it, there's, there is so much meat to it because it is, um, redemptive history. He's, he is telling us how Jesus has fulfilled the, the mm -hmm. law that, that he had, he is the, the temple. He's these old systems 
they're not necessary anymore because he is the one who's fulfilling that. And um, so it just, it, it's not exactly what I would expect to happen, mm -hmm. but it's a absolutely brilliant um, in how Stephen delivered this. And, and if you think about this too, so he's, he's a Hellenistic Jew and he is um, doing these deacon roles, mm -hmm. right? But here he is, he, we're seeing this gift of teaching mm -hmm. and wisdom that's just um, spilling forth from his life. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, I think, my word for Stephen is he's saturated in Christ. Well, he's, mm -hmm. full, he's full of spirit. Exactly. That, you, you boil it down, and that's what happened the day of Pentecost. The mm -hmm. Spirit came. And what happened to Peter? He's full of spirit, and he's bold. Mm -hmm. and, and here it's mentioned a couple times that Stephen is full of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And here he is going into the lion's den to tell these people to their face, you crucified the Messiah. You are like your forefathers. You're rebellious people. You stiff-necked people. That's bold. Yeah. And it, it takes courage and boldness, but it takes being led by the Spirit to go do that. And there's so many, there's so many cool things that I know Mark wished he could have gotten to, mm -hmm. to break down these themes of how Stephen just unpacked the forefathers mm -hmm. and then what it really looked like to be rebellious mm -hmm. and that these people were probably the exact same people who did crucify Jesus, who heard Jesus's words to be called the son of God, to be the son of man, and how that correlates to what Stephen went through it was very similar to Christ of how they were putting him in trial and he was able Stephen was able to at least declare to their faces before he got stoned before he was martyred that yes this yeah. is the Christ and I see him standing yeah. at the right hand of God uh, wow I mean it's there's lots of different things to unpack here the life of Stephen his character what it reveals about God and, and where Jesus is there's just a lot to go into. Yeah, there's a lot of things that stood out to me. One is Stephen's story is so often gravitated towards in regards to his death. It's easy to hone in on mm, his death, mm -hmm. and he's the first martyr, and you, you probably get a lot of preachers pretty easily bent on, what would you be willing to do for Jesus? You yep. ought to be willing to die for him, right? And there's merit to that. That's lovely to talk about. But the content of Stephen's message yeah. got the majority of the time. In fact, I was wondering, Mark, you got to mention he dies here, you know, like <laughs> yeah. we're, we're getting to the end yeah. of this service. Yeah. But that's the way the author of Acts lays it out is there's mm -hmm. all this time devoted to what Stephen said. Oh, and then by the way, what happened to him? Mm -hmm. And and so I appreciated what we chose to emphasize where it wasn't just, wow, look at the martyr, look at the martyr, look at the death, whoa, but focusing on the life and words that, that are the reason for the stoning, because that's what's giving life. And another thing I appreciated about this weekend was uh, he just read it straight through for a long period of time. Now, yeah. you do yeah. that every week, you lose people, right? right. You, you can't preach on three chapters at a time every Sunday. We, we get that. But to choose this opportunity for him, to, and, and the way Mark phrased it was very helpful at the beginning, we have it right here. Mm -hmm. We have the speech. Mm -hmm. Like he made it sound like we came across an ancient document. Yeah. We right. got it right here. Yeah. We don't have to wonder what he said. Right. And the merit to that as a congregation is... If you're if you're wondering, oh my goodness, you know, he, he's just reading verbatim all these verses. I have all these questions, or I don't fully know what that means, or that means. Well, guess what? It was exactly like that when Stephen was talking. People are word. watching him yeah. say this in this order over this duration of time, most likely. Yeah. And so that was cool for me to feel like 
this is not unlike what what it must have been. Well, it's like what so, you were saying, Alicia, is how how Mark read it was so impactful in storytelling mm-hmm. that it takes time and experience and, to present yes. from a pulpit like that to present the word of God in a way that you mm-hmm. understand the meaning behind each word, the tone, the inflection. And, and I've botched reading scripture in public before. And I yeah. and then I look back, I'm like, oh, it really meant that. I should have emphasized that word. Oh, yeah. But what Mark was able to do and unpack in a way that told the story that presented it to mm-hmm. where each phrase and each word had meaning, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was and great. the content of what, uh, of what Stephen's message was um, speaks of the importance of oh, the whole mer- meta narrative of scripture. I, yeah. um, my husband and I, we had a friend um, years ago that, uh, who, who was a Christian, um, he led worship, very gifted guy, just loved Jesus. But he was in error because he did not think that the Old Testament was significant. He was like, why do we need the Old Testament? It's <laughs> all about Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus... It's becoming you know, a common thing yes, out there. And, and here we see, no, that like <laughs> Stephen, his whole response is, I'm going to recount this covenantal uh, history mm-hmm. of what God has done. And and that speaks to not just their history, but that this is our history as well. We're Gentiles, but this is our history as well. And it's important because there is, um, there is this whole plan of redemption and the whole old Testament, um, is, is, what fuels yeah. what the New Testament, yeah. right. Testament is about. It's, it's an what, inflection point. And yeah. what Stephen was saying was nothing new to these people, mm-hmm. but maybe how he said it and the way and the tone of that, even, even our forefathers, even your fathers, you know, were <laughs> yeah. basically rebellious in certain ways. And, you know, looking at each person that he brought up, there is intent behind that. Well, mm-hmm. and and the word despised and rejected comes to mind because um, Joseph was despised and rejected by his bro- brothers. Mm-hmm. Moses was despised and rejected yeah. by the people. And here they are despising and rejecting Jesus. Um, and so it's just, once again, it's this fulfillment of Look and look to see that this you meant for evil, but God is He means for good. If you study either testament of the Bible without the other, it's it's like watching something in black and white compared to watching it in color, right? They they both inform each other, and it, it's so fun to study Acts and go through it together because it it supports the Old Testament and ends up being the foundation for the New Testament because mm-hmm. all these what's getting ready to happen, especially in the second half of Acts, the authors were about to get what's about to happen to them. Uh, and then what they write about and and then point back towards and, and we get the author of Hebrews detailing again now mm-hmm. Jesus is greater than Moses how mm-hmm. all these things it's it's a good reminder that there's gonna always be some unlearning that needs to happen when we when we look at the religious leaders or we look at the people who are con- consumed by a culture a, you know a way of thinking to think okay Jesus is not fitting into any of our mm-hmm. this yeah. is the way it's always been and that's what's so fascinating to study. And, and we've mentioned this before on the podcast. You look at it and you scoff at the people. How could you not know it was Jesus? Right. How could they not know? Right. But it was wild. It was wild well, for them to, to and say 2,000 years of culture came down to three years of they're ministry. They're blinded. You know? and, yeah. and so that's another option that as a preacher you could go down the path of look at 
these people. Look how blind they were, and let's not be those blind people. And look how rebellious they were. We need to turn our ways as well. Mm -hmm. And and really, the the focus. I remember Mark saying this in some of our pre meetings, is about the 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 fact that Stephen was full of grace and power, full of spirit, and was able to preach with boldness. So look at the character of Stephen, but then look at the character of God. Mm -hmm. what's happening and how God revealed and unfolded himself to Stephen in that moment, giving him that boldness and giving him just the scene of, mm -hmm. of God and Jesus there standing, mm -hmm. receiving him, empowering him even more to then where Stephen cries out with a loud voice, you know, just don't hold the sin against them, mm -hmm. you know, in the mm -hmm. same way. So there's this character of Stephen that you're seeing in this passage and you're still seeing the character of God of his just love towards mm -hmm. uh, towards Stephen, but just and now Stephen re returns that love back. Like God, just yeah. forgive them. Yeah. And it's it's right there in the text as well. And one of the the points that stood out to me, and for a lot of people, I'm sure, the fact that Jesus was standing at the right hand yeah, of God instead of instead that. of yep. sitting, so uh, sitting, at least in the 10:45 service, yep. Mark yeah. hit it pretty hard. The the beauty of that is that that is not <laughs> a I I went to seminary. And I studied this mm -hmm. for years, and here's all the tidbits I know, which we know is a reality, especially mm -hmm. for, for Mark or for preachers. All it is is a verse that literally has the word standing mm -hmm. instead of sitting. Mm -hmm. And we can read that, and, and it's so easy to skip over it. Oh, standing and sitting, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the point is Jesus is with God. Like It's so easy for us to move past that. But there was a describing word, holy sacred text, devoted to clarifying Mm -hmm. That he was standing Which instead of I sitting. I think is so beautiful <laughs> yeah. because what's happening here is Stephen is on trial, and mm -hmm. um, and here we see the heavens open up, and not only Vested is interest. the judge, the judge is there, the mm -hmm. Almighty One, the Sovereign Ruler of all, mm -hmm. but also Stephen's advocate, and so we have we have the Lord here as judge and advocate standing mm -hmm. on. Stephen's behalf. And I think that that um, is very, Stephen was probably very purposeful in describing what was happening mm -hmm. um, in that moment when the heavens opened up because um, there, so the word martyr uh, means witness. Mm -hmm. And this this is Stephen's life, like his mm -hmm. whole life is witnessing Christ. And um, we see so many parallels from what Jesus's life was like and then what Stephen's um, actions are and what his life is and being full of the Spirit. And uh, we get to see also this beautiful picture of Stephen's faith becoming sight. And I'm just going to read mm -hmm. this because it's absolutely beautiful when he's saying, Yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made by hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Did not my hand make all these things? And then he, he you know, lashes out, you stiff-necked people. But then going down to verse uh, uh, 55, um, but he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And behold, I, he says, behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. His faith became mm -hmm. sight at that moment. And to think mm -hmm. that one day 
for all of us, our faith is going to become sight. And mm-hmm. uh, we talked a little bit in small group last night about just the dying moments um, and the just in those moments, the grace God gives his children, uh, it's going to look different for every one of mm-hmm. us in our right. dying moments. But Jesus is there and he is with us and his grace is sufficient. And so uh, we may not necessarily see the heavens opened up, but we are going to experience Jesus in our dying moments. Yep. Because and I love also how he was able to reference and call out the Son of Man in our group last night. We did yeah. talk about that as well. Mm-hmm. And Mark mentioned that that's really the only other time in Scripture besides Jesus referencing Christ as the Son of Man. Mm-hmm. And we did a little bit of word search on that. And again, thinking of the scene of where Stephen was talking to the chief priests and the scribes and the Pharisees, same people who weeks earlier mm-hmm. were, were hearing Jesus's words. And yeah. if you go to Luke 22... Um, Verse 66, this is after his arrest, so Jesus is being tried. When it was the day, the council of the elders and all the people assembled, both chief priests and scribes, these same people, right? And they led him away to the council chamber saying, if you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, if I tell you, you will not believe. (laughs) And if I ask a question, you will not answer. But from now on, the son of man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. And they all said, are you the son of God then? And he said to them, yes, I am. And then they said, what further need we have a testimony for you've heard it from his own mouth. This is so cool that then Stephen is seeing Christ mm-hmm. at the right yeah. hand of God, calls him out a son of man, and then you wonder why they're infuriated. Yeah. And, and Jesus predicted it too. You, if, if I tell you, you're not going to believe. And even after the fact, when they've been told by Peter in their sermon, in his sermon, Stephen's telling them and they still don't believe. And you know why Mark is saying this is some sort of demonic kind of blinding of the eyes of the people it's unbelievable you're right how they don't get it but they intentionally not getting it Mm -hmm. yeah it's good yeah and to mention acts 8 verse 1 oh and by the way saul approved of his execution it's just so well (laughs) written Uh, and we don't even have to talk about how well it's been preached it's so well written and it's right there for us to if this was a a TV episode that'd be at the very end as you prepare for next oh, week, yeah, right? Oh yeah, teaser, right? The, the way it layers these characters together in the end. so because the question is, okay, did the did the killing of Stephen snuff out the gospel or not? Mm. Um, and the question is, uh, are the answer is obviously it doesn't. It actually has the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's just so exciting to know. Okay, now we're now mm-hmm. we're hearing about Saul, and here we go. Yeah. So we have to address also what Mark said at the end that Stephen was the, one of the most influential or the most influential people uh, of the time. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a bold statement. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we as a community group try to wrestle with that, agree mm-hmm. or disagree, mm-hmm. you know? And so how, how we come to terms with that is yes, that he, he influenced Saul from yeah. that standpoint. And that was where Mark was saying, um, yeah, this, the tides are turning now. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I have to see if you guys want to agree with Mark or not agree. Well, know? I think that he did a pretty good job laying out the argument um, and that like he he emphasized, you know, Stephen is preaching the period of the law is over. The temple sacrifice is over. The mm-hmm. veil has been torn into the need for the temple is over. And then we do see later Paul hitting those same uh, mm-hmm. issues and address, like he doesn't, he doesn't waver on that and, um, it becomes a passion to him. So I do think that it, uh, Stephen's role in Paul's life 
was hugely significant. Sure. Um, and I think that he probably, um, the image of Stephen being stoned probably clung close in his mind mm -hmm. and the words of his message probably stuck close to his heart mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. as he began, once Jesus saved him and he began his ministry mm -hmm. because he was there, it was real, it was impassioned um, and he, Saul was the one who um, approved. And because mm -hmm. according to Mark, Stephen was the first one to connect the dots, to connect right. the dots of mm -hmm. all of these mm -hmm. things coming to play. The reason where the Old Testament has brought us to this point, mm -hmm. the fact that the veil has been torn, the fact mm -hmm. that Jesus is our high priest, mm -hmm. the fact that that system doesn't have to be happening anymore. I mean, the fact that we are now the temple and we have the Holy Spirit. So many different implications and things that are going on that sure. if, if Mark is reading this right, which I think he is, that basically Stephen had that understanding. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. his identity is totally rooted in Christ and he's totally immersed himself in Christ so that to the utmost degree what is true of Christ can be true of, of Stephen. Mm -hmm. And like that that speaks to why I think Mark was able, able to say that and able to say he was important. I mean, they devoted two chapters yeah. of yeah. sacred text to Stephen's yeah. story. Short life. But, Short life. But for but, a reason. It, but life as God would define it, a tremendously significant, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. And I but, love the That's worship. a good thing to wrestle with as yeah. a community group. I love the worship service too. Mm -hmm. And sorry, I don't know if you have something else to jump in, but... I Well, you go ahead and then I'll finish up. Because when you look at content as a worship leader and as a worship person who's in the ministry, I we wrestle with these things. But I love seeing how a whole 75-minute story can come together. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if people caught it, but we referenced Psalm 118, which defines the chief cornerstone, which the builders rejected. Mm -hmm. And then you look at John 4, a passage that we were able to read within the singing time that is unpacking that, you know, one day, you know, just coming soon, you know, we're not going to worship here on this mountain or that mountain, but we're going to worship in spirit and truth. To then Stephen connecting the dots mm -hmm. um, and singing things like, be thou my vision mm -hmm. and have our eyes fixed on Christ, the way that Stephen's gaze was fixed on Christ. There's just something to looking at that and, and singing together corporately and looking at the Word of God, giving attention to that and being encouraged to say, yes, you know, wow, I can fix my eyes on Christ. Mm -hmm. And if Stephen was able to be full of grace and spirit and power to say those things to death, mm -hmm. wow, okay, how now can I live? So this, mm -hmm. the what does that mean to us? And it coming together as a corporate body to oh, experience yeah. that together. I just appreciated how the whole service really it's, came. It's letting the word yeah. of God yeah. inform every element of, of what we do together. Right. right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's good. So um, the fact that Stephen's face it had the appearance of an angel, mm. the text says, and that refers back to Moses, I think, uh, when uh, he God hid him in the cleft of the rock and showed him his... He just a glimpse of his glory. And hmm. Moses is coming down Mount Sinai with the tablets in his hand and he's radiant. Um, and so there's, there's something about that image that is a, 
a picture of reflecting the glory of God. And now Stephen, I don't think he pro- I don't think he was probably glowing like Moses was <laughs> in that moment. Um, but there, I think it does show us this picture of just reflecting the glory of God. And with Stephen being so saturated um, with mm-hmm. all of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and just um, just seeing the power in his life, Mark. Carrie, he he gave us this quote that I think is probably our application. Hmm. It's not about us getting more of the spirit, but of the spirit getting more of us. Mm -hmm. And we've like, we've been given everything that we need for life and godliness. Mm -hmm. We have all of the Holy Spirit um, at our disposal. And so how are we, um, having a face, the face of an angel? How are we reflecting the glory of God to the world around us? Are we immersing ourselves in who Jesus is? Are we uh, diving into the scriptures? Are we, are we studying this, this redemptive history? Are we um, seeing and savoring and this, the glory of this redeeming God? Um, how, like, how is that affecting our lives? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that the more we do that, the more our um, faces will be reflecting the glory of God mm-hmm. in that way. Yep. And I, I do know that, okay, Stephen's face probably was glowing, maybe might be glowing more than Moses, might not, but it's definitely glowing more than Mark Carey's 10 grandkids. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he's going to call them angels... <laughs> See, Come on! Did you right? hear him in the the second service? Though he, he said he said they were angels for five seconds. Oh, okay. Oh, like that. so he corrected himself. Yeah. Okay. What what he, we he heard? He had a revision of what his. What we heard <laughs> in the first service in the Fellowship Three recordings that he just declared that yeah. they, they were, were angels, and then yeah, he moved on. Angels. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. 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 As is the right of every grandparent, I'm sure. But oh. no, he did he did throw some jest in there. Okay. For the the second. Well, half. our small group got together because we're mostly up three years, and we were. What we do you think of your grandkids? We were challenging that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, Mark, what can we point people towards before we before yeah. we get out of here this week? Well, I mean, we're we're a couple weeks now into this focus mm-hmm. of building bridges, and it's going to become even so and more, so more clear as we continue down this path of acts of why we're looking into reaching out to proclaim Christ to people that don't know Him. Because here, Stephen is doing it to the point of death, and we're not hopefully facing that scenario. But how can we do a better job of proclaiming Christ to the world around us. And it doesn't mean we have to go to a mission field or go halfway across the world. We have neighbors, we Mm -hmm. have people we work with. So we're going to continue to look at that as just a focus and encourage each one of us to motivate us to maybe get out and do a little bit, have a greater heart for those people. And how do we grow in that heart? Look to the Lord. Mm -hmm. So it, it starts with fixing our eyes on Jesus, like we've just been talking about, and going to the Lord in prayer and say, God, how can you show us what we should be doing, me personally. When you're on Sunday mornings, grab the little card um, because it gives a lot of practical help on how to do that. Like we're in week two. Mm -hmm. The question is, who's your one? So when 
you know, who's your one? When you think of someone far from God, who's the first person who comes to mind? Is it a neighbor, a coworker, a parent? No matter who it is, God can use you to reach them. Yep. So it's just very yep. practical, practical stuff. stuff. Grab one each and every week will be different. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of work's been put into that, which is really cool. Um, if you mm -hmm. didn't listen to the Fellowship Family podcast a couple weeks ago, you get more reference and more details about that. Um, but just two things to highlight. Every week we will continually have 20 minutes devoted to prayer for this between services on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And then even on service after Saturday night service, it'll be there as well. Awesome. Just prayer, some specific things to just call our body to seek the Lord. And then in a couple of weeks on Sunday after church on the 29th, we're going to do a prayer walk around the neighborhood of Quarles, which is a, a neighborhood and a community we've been reaching out to for several years now. And we're going to launch the Food Share Initiative again in February. So it'll be for that region, for that area of our neighborhood, of, of our community. And so praying for that before the Food Share happens, it'll just be another way for us to pray for those that don't know the Lord. Mm -hmm. And and you can do this in your own neighborhood, which we will do in February too. But just mm -hmm. look out for those couple things. Just pray between services and then look out for that prayer walk. It's good. good. Alicia, thank you for being here. Oh, thank You're you, awesome. Caleb. Mark, thanks again, buddy. Yep, appreciate it. As a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can find us all over the place. Just type in Sermon Spotlight on your favorite podcast platform. We pop right up. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless.